Abora Dudu with one more flurry. But she's running out of time, running out of gas. Tamira Mensah stock has plenty left. And the American with that dream of finally standing atop the podium at the Olympics, it is here. Tamira Mensah stock of the United States has won an Olympic gold medal. And welcome to another edition of Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast encouraging you, my friend, to take your passion Make it happen and let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom, and as you heard there in the highlight, Tamara Mensah Stock winning a gold medal at the Olympics, the second female wrestler for Team USA to win a gold medal. And she talked about it after her experience, and she had a lot of excitement. She had a lot of enthusiasm, which a lot of people have gravitated to. But we talked about it last week that that's the type of Olympic champion that is worthy of being on the box of Wheaties or worthy of representing our country or worthy of being put out there for people to emulate a role model. And that's what we're going to talk about on the show. And so last week we went in depth. And so you can go back and listen to uh, episode 89 of our podcast to really hear more about what we went into. So it's not so uh, repetitive on this show, but Tamara Mensah Stock is someone who is excited about winning the gold medal, excited about representing her country, excited about the flag. Now, we know that there are a lot of athletes that get a lot of attention for turning their back on the flag, for taking a knee during the anthem, for what some would call anti-American actions. And that's fine. We don't like to talk about politics too much on the show, but sometimes we need to bring in what's going on in the world. And right now, going on in the world is widely political to talk about some things. So you don't believe me that Tamara Mensah Stock is someone who's proud to represent this country. If you don't know, it should be irrelevant in today's day and age. But if you don't know, she is a black athlete, a black woman. So she's the first black woman athlete to win a gold wrestling medal at the Olympics. The second woman all time. Race is irrelevant, but again, she is a black woman. Why is that significant in this conversation? Because this is what she had to say afterwards when she was interviewed about her performance and representing Team USA and the flag. In your wildest imaginations, <laughs> did you think you would ever win an Olympic gold medal? Yes, 100% yes. I knew I could do it. I knew it would be hard. I prayed that I could do it. In my wildest of dreams, I knew. It is not just that you won, you were dominant. I mean, <laughs> you won these matches convincingly. <laughs> did you surprise yourself at all? I. Of course I surprised myself. It's by the grace of God I'm able to even move my feet. Like, I just leave it in his hands, and I pray that all the practice, that the hell that my freaking coaches put me through pays off. And every single time it does, and I get better and better. And it's so weird that there is no cap to the limit that I can do. And I'm, I'm excited to see what, what I have next. Last question for you. That American flag around your shoulders looks pretty good. How does that feel to represent your country like this? It feels amazing. I love representing the U.S. I freaking love living there. I love it, and I'm so happy I get to represent U.S.A. (laughs) Now, isn't that someone we should be promoting, someone that we should rally behind as Americans, proud to represent our country, proud to wear the flag? In fact, she went and got some, uh, someone had given her, I guess, some uh, red, white, and blue flag earrings that she wore on the podium. And was proud. But did you catch 
that she knew 100% that she could do it. She knew it. And she believed in herself 100%. That's the biggest takeaway. So now a week has gone by. And uh, she's had time to reflect and, of course, have done interviews and things like that. And so now when I was listening to an interview that she was doing, something struck. Something she said struck me. You know, we talk about greatness. We talk about raising the standard, taking your passion, making it happen. Let yourself be great. Here in that comment, you heard that she knew she had it in her. She knew she could do it 100%. It was just a matter of taking the work that her freaking coaches put her through and apply it to the Olympic Games and execute, and she won, and she won in dominating fashion. So she's a gold medalist. But then listen to this comment, because I think it's pertinent to our conversations that we have all the time. For me, it just means that everybody is now seeing the greatness that I felt was inside of me and that my family and friends felt like was inside of me. So I'm like, yay, people are finally noticing. Thank you. And as for the the young girls that are growing up in this sport and not in this sport, I am so happy that I'll be able to help them see like a mirror, like, hey, look at me. You can be here. You just got to keep working hard and you can achieve like whatever you want. So like that's that's literally like one of the reasons that like kept me going in wrestling is because I want to be one of the best role models that these young kids have because they don't got a lot of they don't have a lot of good ones. So so I want to be that. Again, her enthusiasm is catching. She's inspiring. But did you notice she talked about the greatness she knew she had in her, the greatness that others knew that were in her? So she knew that people are now seeing the greatness she knew she had in her. She believed in herself. It was her mindset. Her mindset started her down this path. And her mindset created the ability for her to attempt at being a champion. She knew it. She just had to go execute. There's one thing to know it. There's one thing to have the ability to do it, and there's another thing to actually do it. It's three steps of the process. But she knew it, she put in the work, and then she went out and completed the process and actually did it. The other thing she talked about is looking in the mirror. We've talked about this before. She looked in the mirror and she saw something. She saw herself being a champion. She saw herself having worth having value, having the ability to do it. Now, she wants to be the mirror where people look at her and they see, if I'm looking at Mensa Stock, I look at her and I see a reflection of me as I want to be great. I want to aspire to do great things. I want to win a gold medal in my life, whatever that might be. It might not be a literal gold medal, but I want to achieve and accomplish high things. And I can look at her and be inspired by it. So she talks about and refers to the mirror there. Looking in the mirror and seeing something and seeing that reflection come back to you as something positive, as something good, as something that we can aspire to do. The other thing she talked about was being a role model. And she said there's not many uh, many out there and there's not many good ones out there. And she wants to be one. And I think that she should. I think she has the ability to do that. And so that's kind of what we want to talk about is is the role modelness of it all. What is it that we are doing to either A, have someone be a role model to us, or B, how are we impacting others? Are we being a role model to other people? Now, the story gets better. First off, if you know, if you don't know, Tamara Mensah Stock, when she was in high school, obviously a wrestler in Louisiana, her father died in a car crash on a return trip home from one of her matches. Devastating. 
and a loss that she still talked about in the interview impacts you for the rest of your life. But what she didn't do was allow it to define who she was. She drew inspiration from it. She goes on to talk about how that if, she, if her dad was in the gym, he would be the loudest one there. He'd be the one encouraging her on the most. And she felt that spirit right there with her as she was going through the Olympics. The other thing she talked about was once her dad died, it became hard on her mother, obviously, to make the family, support the family, and create the family dynamic that was now absent a father. And so one of the things, she had a conversation with her mom, I guess about five years ago, as the story goes, one of the things that her mom was able to do was cook, and her mom was able to cook well, and she would have this little barbecue grill that she would make things on and sell them, and, and, her, uh, and that's how she makes some extra income. Well, Mensa Stock talks about five years ago, she made a promise to her mom that she was going to buy her a food truck. So as an Olympic gold medalist, you get uh, $37,500 from the Olympic Committee, the U.S. Olympic Committee, for winning a a gold medal. So what would you do with $37,500 if you were a gold medal winner? Would you go out and buy a fancy car? Maybe you deserve it, so you go out and buy a fancy car. That's, I applaud you for that. If you want to take your winnings and buy your dream car, I'm all for that. Go knock yourself out because you deserve it. If you want to go on a trip, dream vacation somewhere, maybe Bali, the Maldives, Fiji, I don't know, Costa Rica, go do it because you've earned it. That's fine. Nothing wrong with that. If you want to go on a shopping spree, maybe get some fine jewelry or a watch or some fine clothes, great. It doesn't matter. You can do with it what you want to do. And there should be no second guessing or guilting in how you want to spend that money. I would probably consider doing something extravagant myself. You put in however many years, well, probably in this case, you know, for some of these athletes, it's a lifetime commitment. You started like Mensa Stock, she was wrestling in high school and carried on through the Olympics now. So yes, go out and spoil yourself. Go out and do something nice for yourself because you've earned it. You deserved it. That's great. I would not judge you one bit. Five years ago, Mensa Stock has a conversation with her mom and says, I'm going to buy you a food truck. So what's she going to do with her winnings? Well, apparently a food truck costs about $30,000. She's going to buy her mom a food truck. So she's fulfilling a promise that she made to her mom five years ago. And apparently they're going to name the food truck the Ladybug. So here's someone out there that is doing something positive, having a positive impact on the world around her, having a positive impact on the people that come into her life, that she goes into their lives. And she's not the only one. She just right now happens to be more the one that's more visible out there because of her story. There's many Olympics where people have done the same thing. There's many Olympians that have gone before her that have done the same thing. Many people outside of the sports world have done that. But again, when you talk about her, Mensa Stock, and the things she says... It's relevant to the show because it's the same things we talk about. Maybe she listened. How would that be? But she talks about the greatness in her. She talked about her mindset knowing that she had it in her and she put in the work. She talked about the mirror and reflecting, being a reflection of what it is to be a champion, being a reflection of what it is to be a role model, being a reflection of what it is to have a positive impact on somebody else. 
And she knew it. She knew she had greatness in her. And she brought that out. Because after all, we all know that we preach on the show is you owe it, your, you owe it to yourself to be great. You owe it to yourself to be great. You owe it to yourself. Some say they're selfish. Some might say they owe it to their family to be there for them. Let me tell you something. You owe it to your family to set an example. An example of someone who lives the life they want to live. A strong example of a strong human being. You owe it to everyone you love to set an example of what a great life looks like. So they can follow in your footsteps. Settling for less, it stops with you. Accepting average, it stops with you. Strength, courage, determination, and a beautiful life, that starts with you. You can't help anyone until you help yourself. And when you make you strong, that strength will spill over to everyone else. They will be inspired by you. They will follow your example. So there in the clip, it talks about being an inspiration to others, setting the example for the good life that you want to live, setting the example for the great life that someone else can have, not settling for average, not settling for less, getting out there, being the example, being that role model to others that can look to you, being that reflection in the mirror where people can look to you and say, you know what? They did it. He did it. She did it. I can do it too. The mindset. Now, at first, I didn't want to uh, talk about it and bring it up because I just don't think it uh, was pertinent at the time. But then as I started to think about it more, I thought there's a good comparison here between these two different people. Okay. Terramensa stock and everything we talked about. And again, you can go back to episode nine and uh, ep- episode 89. You can go to YouTube, SoundCloud, or better yet, go to radiowarp.com and you can find it and listen to it because we're going to greater depth when it comes to uh, Terramensa stock. But then you have Simone Biles. Now, Simone Biles had a lot of issues at the Olympics. I'm not talking about that. She's an Olympic champion. She has four gold medals. I believe it's a silver and three bronze. Okay, she was an inspiration a few years ago at the Olympics. She went through some issues at the Olympics. Some people criticized that she gave up and quit. She had some uh, apparently mental health issues, a case of the twisties. And so that's fine. I'm not going to judge that. But, But here's the difference. Okay, bear with me. And again, be that person that can take the politics out of the conversation and just listen to the example and the comparison, and hopefully you can understand where I'm coming from. Now, obviously, some of you can't do that, and you automatically jump on the criticism, and you automatically jump on what I have to say as something negative, but it's really not. Let's just look at the comparison. So recently, Simone Biles posted on a social media account her feelings and expressions about abortion, and that's fine. You can have your, you can have your views and opinions. That's fine. I'm not going to make you believe what I believe or tell you to believe what I believe or force you to believe what I believe. You do you. That's fine. But what happened was she got some blowback and then it turned worse. But this is what she had to say. And again, take the politics out of it and just listen. She said abortion is better than foster care and adoption. She says the foster care system is broken. It's tough, which I have no doubt it is. I've never been there, so I don't know. 
but I have no doubt that it is tough. But here's the thing that's missed out. So she's saying it's better to have an abortion than to put your kid in foster care than to give it up for adoption because adoption is expensive. Okay, that all could be true. That's fine. But here's the thing that I think she missed out when it comes to our conversation here. Simone Biles was in foster care. She came through the foster care system. She knows what it's like to be there. So, yes, she can speak on it, and she should. But here's where I think she missed the boat. The foster care system is tough and hard, but you know what? I went through it. I'm an Olympic champion. I overcame. I raised the standard. I took that bar and upped it, and I did not let the obstacles of what my life was like to stop me or to dictate how my life was going to turn out. I aspired to do great things. I looked at those people, those mentors, those role models, and I went after what they had because I saw the greatness in them. I saw the greatness in me. She could have brought all this out and said, you know what? It's okay. Whatever it is you're going through, it's okay because it can get better if you don't give up. She could have had a positive message, but instead she, for some reason, went the negative route. And now you can debate all that stuff yourself, but here's the point, is if she is someone that went through the foster care system and realizes it's tough, but she overcame that, that's an inspirational message that she should be talking about, that she should be promoting And encouraging people, no matter what your circumstances are, to overcome. And then, of course, in true liberal fashion, she goes on to say, it's my body, my choice, fine. But then she followed that up with the very next saying, and don't come after me if you refuse to wear a mask and you're not wearing a mask. So again, lost in the point is my body, my choice, you have to wear a mask. Well, what happened to my body, my choice? Mixed messages. She deleted the tweet after the backlash which was going to happen, and that's fine. She can do that. Again, nothing critical about any of this, just a missed message, in my opinion. And then she went on to say that the words were misconstrued and taken out of context. So now she's backtracking. Again, no responsibility. No responsibility, because that's what people do. They sit there and they put something out there, and it doesn't go the way they want it, and now it's misconstrued. It's taken out of context. Well, you said it. That's like when the former president was in office, he would have a speech and then some networks would break away from the speech and allow experts to really tell you what he was saying. They'd spin it. See, that's not what this is about. This isn't about the politics. This isn't about censorship. This isn't about any of that. It's about how can we get a positive message out there in such a negative world? And Simone Biles had the opportunity. So here you have two people, compare and contrast. You have... Mensa Stock, a champion, proud of the flag, going to wear the flag. Now she's going to take the money. She's going to help her mom buy that food truck she promised. She's inspiring. She's got the enthusiasm, the charisma. She knew that greatness in her. She wants to be a good role model. That's all great. Love it. And then Simone Biles, another Olympic champion, takes another turn. And in this world, the society that we live in, I think we've had enough of that Simone Biles type mentality. We need more of the Mensa stock mentality to raise us up, to go after it, whatever it is we can. Because you see, when we sit there and you have a message, and I think what happens sometimes is I think people will put something out there because they think they're going to get praised for it, 
patted on the back. Like, oh, this is cool. You're like it. We, we support you. And then things don't go as planned. And so then you take it down. You have to backtrack. And instead of just being like, okay, that was my opinion. You don't like it. That's fine. I'll take it down out of whatever reason. Or I'll stand by it. Stand by the message. But I think there was a message that was missed. That message of if you work hard, you can overcome. Don't give up. Remember, uh, if you never heard the speech, we played it before, but Jimmy Valvano was the head basketball coach for the North Carolina State uh, Wolfpack, and they won the NCAA championship. And he, I believe it was 1983, they upset the Houston, the Houston Cougars, five slamma jamma. Well, he had cancer and he went to the ESPY Awards and he talked about don't give up, don't ever give up. That was his message. And overcoming. See, these are messages that we need to hear out there. You look through social media, and there's a lot of people out there that are struggling with a lot of things. There's the pandemic. There's loss of jobs. There's eviction moratoriums that people are fighting. There's people that lost their job and not getting it back because things are still closed. There's a lot of issues out there, and a lot of people are depressed. Mental illness and mental health has collapsed because of everything that's going on, and we dismiss it. We try to put it in the corner. And that was the debate with Simone Biles during the Olympics, her mental health, the twisties. Well, she did have a case of the twisties and trying to twist her words to make it fit the narrative that she wanted, and it didn't work out. But yeah, that's a big, it's a big issue. But we need to have positive messages out there. We need people to sit there and have a reflection of themselves and be like, you know what? Am I going to be a positive influence to somebody, or am I going to be a negative? Am I going to have a positive message or a negative? Because, you know, the saying goes, misery loves company. One person is miserable. They're going to try to get other people because misery loves company. So we need to inspire. We need to go above and beyond. We need to make sure that the message getting out there is you can do it. You lost your job. You can do it. There's another one out there. Maybe it's not the one that you really want to do. Maybe it's not the one that you've been accustomed to doing. Maybe the hours aren't the same. But if you are willing to rise above, raise the standard, go after it, you have greatness in you. You're going to do whatever it takes to get out there and do it. Making that sacrifice, that compromise, then you can do it. A lot of people look to various people out there as role models. Maybe it's an athlete. We like to play a lot of Kobe Bryant because he has a lot of inspirational things to say. Some people think Michael Jordan. Maybe a Tom Brady. Any number of people. Maybe it's a musician. Maybe you've got a favorite musician that is a role model that you want to aspire to. Maybe you've got different role models. Maybe you're a musician. Maybe it's a guitarist. You play the guitar and you want to aspire to be like somebody who plays the guitar. Maybe the late, great Eddie Van Halen. Maybe Slash. Maybe more classical, the piano. And so you have a, a work or a musical mentor role model that you want to be like, but then you have another role model as far as a family person that you want to aspire to, or a charitable person. Maybe there's different people, actors. Maybe your parents. Maybe other family members. Maybe it's your teacher, or a teacher, or many teachers have inspired you. Or maybe it's one teacher or one person that planted that seed of doubt that you had to overcome. And you rose above that. See, that's what happens. I mean, I'm fortunate because I can look at the people in my immediate life. When you talk about role models, my parents, well, probably starts out with my grandparents, 
who then had my parents and raised them in a way that had values that were then reflected upon me and my cousins, you know, my dads and siblings, and then my cousins and so forth, right? So it starts at the top. So your immediate family could be a great role model or a great pattern or a great foundation that we learn from. But then maybe we want to reach out to other people and we see other people. Maybe there's a motivational speaker. Maybe it's an athlete. Maybe it's a musician, you know, actor, whoever. Maybe it's somebody else that we've talked about. But then it comes down to who is it that is influencing us and how are we impacting other people? Who are we influencing? There was a clip that I found that I wanted to play, but it was just too long. It was about five minutes long, maybe another time. And it really was going to drive home the point of your influences. And I think it was just too long to play. But basically, it was like this. He would get caught up with the wrong group. He would go out and do drugs. He would drink. He would party. He would do all the negative things because he thought that was the way to live life. And then he realized after the fact, it wasn't. But he thought at a young age, and so he had trials and tribulations to overcome. How many people do we know, maybe you, Maybe you were one of them that either had a negative impact on somebody else or had a negative impact on somebody else. And you see the impact that negativity has on them. There's a story of a guy I know that wanted to be a golfer or at least get in the golfing world. Maybe, maybe work at a pro shop or you know, be a, an instructor or coach. Who knows? But it's a good golfer. Maybe not quite PGA material, but you never know. But very good golfer. Because as we know, it's very hard to make it to the professional level. Not only do you have to have the talent and the ability, but you have to have the mindset and you have to have the ability to do that grind, that day in, day out, going to the golf course five, six, seven times a week, you know, and that's your thing. That's the only thing. It's like baseball players, which is more my familiarity. Baseball players with a grind, they love to do it every day. That's all they want to do. I listened to Mark McGuire one time talk about baseball, and that's all he wanted to do was just go to the field, go to the stadium, just be there, be there, be there. He wanted to do nothing else. That was his complete passion. And sometimes that's what it takes, sacrificing all others. Jimmy Johnson, the NFL coach, I believe one time I read a story that he divorced his wife so he can coach football and win Super Bowls because that was important to him. No judgment, but that was as important to him. Not sure I would do something like that, but hey. And so what are these things that are going on? So when, it, when you look at what it is to be a role model, or if you're looking to somebody, maybe it's a boss at work, maybe it's a teacher, maybe it's somebody that just comes across your life and has no real role in it. But some things that when I was reflecting on this, that role models, especially when you're dealing with youth and people that are younger, they look up to somebody who's going to inspire them. Are you inspiring people with whatever it is that you're doing? See, that's why musicians and athletes and other people become role models because they inspire people. They inspire people to greatness. Kobe Bryant inspired people to greatness. Michael Jordan, name any athlete, inspired people to greatness. But then you've got the flip side. You've got people like Barry Bonds involved in a little bit of scandal, not so inspiring anymore because you're living, your, you're living your life by a set of values, a clear set of values. And usually those values are going to be positive and good, considered positive and good. 
Although that's kind of getting into a gray area these days. What's good? What's positive? But they inspire and they live their lives by a set of values. Again, going back to Kobe Bryant, we've played many clips on the show before, but he talked about going out and working, his work ethic. So his values, not only was he a great player and inspired people, but his values were his work ethic. Go out there, work hard, practice three, four times a day, doing the work, sacrificing. And that's the example a lot of athletes will give. But you have a clear set of values. Maybe it's a, uh, a life coach that you have, and they live like a live life by a clear set of values. Maybe it's a religious practice, uh, a faith belief, and you're following a clear set. And what happens when your religious leaders fall outside of that? It becomes scandalous. Political leaders, they're supposed to follow a clear set of values, but what happens when they go out of that? I mean, governor of New York going through that right now. Society sets what value system it should be when you're governing and the way you are supposed to treat women. And he went outside that. So now he's suffering the consequences from it. You have a commitment to the community, to others, to people around you. So not only are you inspiring, not only do you have your set of values, but now you're having a commitment to community, to others. It could be a mentor. It could be the role model role, or it could be helping out. It could be coaching a little league team. It could be roughing a basketball game at the park and rec, whatever it is, giving musical lessons, you're giving back is basically what it is. One of the things that I like to have done when I was, uh, especially in broadcasting when I was at radio stations, is try to bring on young broadcasters, which ultimately led to teach, and bring on these young broadcasters and try to give them the opportunities to help the advice, whatever they would be willing to accept, that I didn't have along the way. And try to help make their path to their educational goals or to their work goals or to their dreams easier, better, quicker give. And it could be the littlest of things. It could be your role as a teacher. It could be your role as a boss. You know, and a lot of times role models, true role models, they have a a selflessness in them. That's what people are looking for, looking for somebody that is selfless and being able to give of their time and their talents to help the next person. Accept others for who they are not judging, not blaming, maybe giving positive reinforced criticism, like, or maybe it's not even criticism, but maybe structured advice as to, okay, this is what you're doing that's not quite working. And again, we don't need to candy coat it. We don't need to give everybody a trophy. We need to be honest and direct. But hey, this isn't working. Maybe you want to go about it a different way. This is how I go about it. And this is how I've gotten my success. Might not work for you, but maybe trying something different then what you're doing might. We need to be able to do that, right? And then the next thing is overcoming obstacles, overcoming the hurdles in life. Can we sit here? We used to push a slogan on the show during the the first year we were doing it was uh, basically being the example. We're just two steps ahead in life. And so we're highlighting the stuff we've stepped in so you don't have to avoid the pitfalls and then maybe follow the successes. So that's what we can do, which we can, like Simone Biles did. She came out of foster care. Instead of spinning it as a negative, which I'm sure it probably is, but look what you can do if you overcome. Imagine the inspiration she could have been to all those people in foster care, giving them hope. You know what? I'm in foster care. This really sucks. I have nothing to live for. No, wait. 
An Olympic champion just said that I can overcome and do great things if I just stick with it. Big difference in the message, isn't it? And so that's what we got to do. We got to make sure that our messaging is something that is inspiring to others. Because in set, uh, success is important. We all like to have success in life. We all want success. We are bred for success. Nobody has, by nature, the will to lose. That's why people cheat. We cheat because, oh, I might fail the test. I might lose my job. I might do whatever. So I wasn't prepared, so I need to cheat. So failure really isn't in our DNA unless it is put there, nurtured, pushed. We talked about it last week, cultivating our soul for greatness to come out. People like to cultivate negativity into people's lives. We like to cultivate it into our own lives. And so we have to push that aside and we want to be successful. But when we take a look in life as the difference between success and impact, are we only successful and we have no impact on others? Are we stepping on people? I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of not surprised, but am when a lot of times I look at people like Bill Gates and maybe some of these other successful people in life, maybe Jeff Bezos, maybe uh, Elon Musk, and you start to see little things in their past. I'm like, wow, they really did dirty someone. They did someone dirty. But is it not surprising? Because sometimes to get to the top, it is a, a dirty trip up that ladder. Does it have to be? I don't know. Obviously don't have the success of Jeff Bezos or any of those other people that have been up there. So I don't know if it takes it. If you can be nice and get there, I think you can. I think it's possible. But maybe because they see it, they emulate that. And so they have success, but where's the impact? I mean, we hear about Amazon, people having to pee in bottles. Whether it's true or not, I don't know. It's out there, though, on the news. We, I don't have firsthand knowledge. I can read the news, but is the re news reliable? But there's people that have reported that. There's been reports that, you know, maybe Bill Gates stole some technology or someone's uh, idea and took it for himself. You know, whether it's true or not, we'd have to do more investigations, but there's reputable sources that have been out there that have been talking about it, okay? That's not to dirty them, but it's just to say that, you know, when we are looking at success versus the impact we have on others, wouldn't it be better to be successful and then see a long list of others that were successful? That's one of the reasons why I like the coaching. One of the reasons why I like the coaching profession. You look at the coaching profession and you can take one guy, recently Bobby Bowden, Florida State football coach for many years, great guy, got to interview him a couple times in my life. He recently passed away at the age of 91. But then you look at the coaching tree and you look at other coaches and their coaching tree, people that served under them, and you see where success comes from. You see why this coach is successful. And then you see why this coach is successful. Then you learn, oh, he served under him. Okay, now it makes sense. And you start to see that it's all entwined and it comes from one or two maybe people at the top. Everyone likes to, to think of John Wooden as a great coach, and he was, great philosophy, his pyramid of success, and all that. And, but then, not only that, but look at the impact he had on other people. So it's not just his success. 
Sure, he won 10 NCAA basketball championships. That alone is enough to be warranted as a successful person. But when he died, he wasn't known for the coach that won 10 NCAA championships. He was known for the impact he had on people's lives. The pyramid of success has impacted a lot of people. And so that's why when you get into the coaching profession, you look at some of these coaches and what they've done, not only to players, but to other coaches who have gone on to impact other players. And then they've gone on to impact other players. And then this coach, and then this coach. Now you're starting to see a positive impact. Teachers are that way too, the unsung heroes. They're in the classroom day in and day out. Sure, there's some bad apples, but there's a lot of people, bad apples in everything we do. But there's a lot of unsung heroes out there that are influencing people, teachers inspiring, seeing the greatness in a young kid, seeing something different. I was going to save it till the end, but it kind of fits in right now. Here's a story of a young kid. He, it's, a, it's an adult now, but when he was a young kid, he was always tapping, 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 tapping. And it was annoying. Got sent to the principal's office, all kinds of stuff. But listen to the story and how this teacher impacted this one student and turned something that was a perceived negative into something positive. I have a lot of memories from when I was a child. One that's always stuck out to me though was when I was about 10 years old and I was in school and I struggled. And I, I didn't struggle with English, math, or science. I struggled holding still. And I would try to listen and focus and process ideas, but I couldn't help myself. And to be honest, I would sit there and then I would just start tapping. And the students in the class would look at me and they'd say, hey, stop tapping. A lot of the time, I didn't even realize I was doing it. And then eventually even the teachers got after me and they would yell at me and they'd say, Clint, you have to stop tapping. It got so bad that I got sent to the principal's office for tapping. And he said to me, okay, maybe when you go back to class, just try sitting on your hands. And so I did, I went back to class and when I felt myself starting to tap, I just, I did this, I sat on my hands. And that worked for about five seconds. One time I was tapping in class and my teacher, Mr. Jensen, he looked at me and he yelled. And he said, Clint, stay after class. And I thought to myself, this is it, I am done. Now I've always been the type of person that believes that a single moment in time can change a person's life. And this was one of those moments for me. And I will never forget it. And so I was sitting there with Mr. Jensen and an empty classroom. And he walked past me and he sat next to his desk and he said, Clint, come here, I want to talk to you. And as he looked me right in the eye, he said, now I need you to know something, you're not in trouble. But I do have just one question that I have to ask you. And he asked, he said, have you ever thought about playing the drums? And in that moment, Mr. Jensen, he leaned back and he opened the top drawer of his desk. And he reached in and he pulled out my very first pair of drumsticks. And he held them in his hands and he looked at me and he said, Hey Clint, you're not a problem. I think you're a drummer.
going on, I've never put those sticks down. I've toured, recorded, and played drums all over the world. My whole college education was paid for with drumsticks in my hand. Just because of a single moment in time when somebody believed in me, and he saw something in me that I didn't even see within myself. And from that moment, I learned that there's a difference between being the best in the world and being the best for the world. So you're someone who wants to be the best in the world or someone who wants to be the best for the world? You're not a problem. You're a drummer. How many Mr. Jensen's do you know out there? Teachers that have looked at something in you and believed in you. And you rose because of it. Instead of being put down. Go to the principal's office. You're tapping. It's annoying. Sit on your hands. Control yourself. Hey, you're a drummer. Changed his life. Are you best of the world or best for the world? You take a look at a lot of people. Mother Teresa comes to mind. According to the world, success, greatness, she didn't have it because she didn't have the wealth. She didn't have the lifestyle. She didn't have any of that that today would be considered greatness. She wasn't best of the world. She was best for the world. The impact she had on people. And there's many others like that. They're best for the world because of the impact that they've had on somebody. When I look at my life, I'd rather be the best for the world. I know people say, oh, you're saying that because you're talking about it and the clip says it and so on. No, think about that. Think about what happens. We always like to talk about someone's legacy. What's your legacy? What do you want people to remember you as when you're not here anymore? What type of impact did you have on someone? And a lot of times, people, when they talk about it, they want to be remembered as somebody that did something great, maybe a great invention or made a lot of money or had success in the business world or whatever the case may be, great musician, produced the best movies. And that's all fine. don't think that's necessarily wrong. But what if you're creating the best movies and in the meantime, you're bringing up the next young producers, cinematographers, you're the best guitarist, but you're bringing up the next generation of best guitarists. You're impacting somebody. It takes a moment in time to either make it or break it. It takes a moment in time to have that positive impact or negative one. They often say, the saying goes, the first impression only takes, you only get one chance to make a first impression. What's it going to be like? You only have one moment in time to impact somebody. What's it going to be like? Because at the end of the day, when you look at success versus the impact you have on other people, there's a difference. If the lion is the king of the jungle, how can he be the king of the jungle? If he's not the biggest, the elephant is probably one of the biggest. He can't be the fastest because that's a cheat. He can't be the smartest. So he's not the biggest, the fastest, or the smartest. So how does the lion 
become the king of the jungle. His mentality. That's the only difference of a lion and an elephant. When a lion walks up and sees an elephant, he thinks lunch. An elephant thinks run. Because when a male lion walks up, he may be outnumbered by a pack of hyenas. But I'm king of my jungle because of my mentality. See, it starts with the mindset. We have to believe. We have to believe that we want to make a positive impact on somebody. And really, before that, it starts with the heart. What kind of heart do we have? Do we have a heart of compassion? Do we have a heart that wants to help? Do we have a heart of kindness? Is there warmth in our heart? Are we cold-hearted, mean, ugly? We've been hurt, so therefore, I'm going to hurt others. So it starts there. But then the mind, we have to consciously decide what we're going to do. So our heart could be cold, but you know what? I'm going to fight that. I'm not going to let that come out because greatness is within me. And so I'm going to try to do all these other good things. But the mind is where it starts. We make the conscious decision to act or don't act. And then from there, we go on. But it starts with the mind. And so then we talk about the difference between success and the impact of success versus the impact of impacting other people's lives. And where does that lead us? Success is incredibly important, but even more important than success, it's having an impact. It's knowing you haven't walked the planet in vain. It's knowing that because you've been here, you've blessed lives, you've developed people, and you have made the world a better place. You've blessed lives. You've developed other people. Do you ever think about that? Do you ever think about developing other people? Now nah, we got to let people be who they are. Well, when a coach, let's go back to the coaching analogy. If you're a coach, you have an athlete that comes in and you mold them. You develop them into a better player. You change their approach to the game. Maybe you have to fix their fundamentals. You're developing a player. In baseball, you get drafted out of college. You're a great athlete. You go to the minor leagues, and what? They develop you. They're bringing you along. They're grooming you to get ready to be a major league baseball player. In college, you're a freshman. Maybe you don't quite have the impact to start as a freshman, but they're bringing you along. They see talent in you. They see potential, and they want to bring you along, so they're grooming you. They're developing you. Player development. Maybe a musician or a painter or business person. Maybe you're being developed. You're being groomed to take over the business. So you're being developed. But in life, with the people we see, the neighbors, the people in the grocery store, the clerks, just daily lives, that one moment in time, are we going to develop somebody? Is somebody going to see an act of kindness and be like, wow, I cannot believe that that person just did that? I need to do that. And it spreads. Or we're going to be someone that has a negative impact and be like, oh, wow. Did you see what that person just did? Get the camera, gonna Instagram it, Snapchat, TikTok, whatever. Put it out there. Look at the bad they did. See, it's just that one moment in time. That one moment in time is all we get sometimes to either make it or break it. Now, sometimes first impressions can be dubious. I've been told on several occasions by former students who have had me for multiple classes 
that tell me that when they first met me, I seemed unapproachable. Didn't know that. Maybe thought they thought I might be mean. Well, I try not to get that out there. Don't really know how to fix that. I'm me, right? But then as they got to know me, they saw a different side, a different person. Like my, you know, They were able to see my personality and get to talk to me and know me. So sometimes there might be a hurdle or an obstacle to overcome to then be a mentor, to be a role model, to overcome, right? And so for me, that's always the case. Okay, I'm going to impact somebody. Maybe I need to try a different approach. Maybe try to be a little bit more friendly. Maybe smile more, whatever the case may be. I need to find those obstacles, those hurdles that are keeping people from approaching me or being scared if I approach them. So I got to reevaluate myself. I got to look in the mirror and see what kind of reflection am I reflecting onto them. But that's important. It's important because we want to be able to have that one moment in time to impact people and to make, make it so that we might even get credit for it. That's the other thing we got to remember because we're selfless. You know, we talk about role models. You know, people will learn behavior by watching others. That's what it comes down to. They're just watching you. They're watching you to see what it is you do, and they're going to emulate that. If you have kids, kids are going to emulate what you do. They're going to copy what you do, what type of parent you're going to be, what type of teacher you're going to be, what type of coach you're going to be. And so a lot of times when it comes to being a good role model, we have to have some self-awareness. We have to be able to reflect honestly and productively on how we impact others. So self-awareness. For me, people look at me and maybe they're a little standoffish because they think I'm mean or maybe because I don't smile, I'm not approachable, whatever the case may be. And I need to be aware of that. But like, okay, you know what? I need to change and try to, however I can change my personality or whatever to be a little bit more approachable. Maybe smile, if not smile, smirk, I don't know. But I need to be aware of that so that then I can be a positive impact because I might just have that one moment in time. I might not have four or five classes with them but one moment in time, or maybe it's a please, a thank you, manners, whatever, but self-awareness, positivity, fostering an upbeat and can-do attitude, the can-do versus the can't-do, the I can versus the I can't that we've talked about, and that's where Simone Biles comes in, I think. She could have had the can-do attitude instead of the I can't, or it can't happen, or it shouldn't happen, or it's negative. Foster an upbeat, can-do attitude. You're in foster care, you can overcome and be an Olympic champion, or whatever it is that you want to do. You can do it. That's the message we need to be having out there. Having empathy, understanding the emotions and the needs of others. As a teacher, you learn not everybody learns the same way, so you have to kind of somehow teach to the ways that the people learn. You have to adjust but you're understanding what they're going through. You have an empathy for them. Having professionalism, holding your actions, my actions, and works to an excellent standard. Goes back to raising the bar, the greatness within us. So we have self-awareness, we have positivity, we have empathy, we have professionalism, and then the final two we've talked about before. Integrity, doing the right thing for the right reason not doing something for self-gain, doing the right thing for the right reason. And then humility, giving credit where credit is due, not having to hog the spotlight, sharing the credit, because chances are you didn't get there yourself. Chances are people were there along the way to help you. 
Maybe somebody gave you a chance to get to wherever it was you was. Someone gave you your first job. Someone told you you could do it. Because when you reward bad behavior, it just encourages further bad behavior. We need to be able to love and respect each other so much that we raise the standard to bring out the greatness so that we can make this world a better place. A.D. Williams once said, Imagine what 7 billion humans could accomplish if we loved and respected one another. Just imagine. Imagine if there was no greed. Imagine if there was no comparison. If everyone was running their own race, but cheering for all others at the same time. Maybe we'll never see that in our lifetime. But what we all can do is start with ourselves. Start with yourself. Choose to lift others up. Choose to set the example, the example of kindness and integrity, the example of compassion and understanding. There's a quote that says, no matter how educated, talented, rich or cool you believe you are, how you treat people ultimately tells all. Integrity is everything. It really is. Who you are is far more important than what you have, and it will always be. Who you are is measured by how you make others feel. Be kind to each other. In a world where you can be anything, be kind. Choose to be the change you wish to see in the world. Decide you will not wait for someone else. You will set the example. Be kind because you never know how much that person is suffering inside. You never know the difference your words can make, the difference your presence can make, the difference you can make to one human life. So who are you? Are you the difference? Are you the difference between somebody reaching their potential, being a champion, taking their passion, making it happen, letting themselves be great? Or are you someone that is the other way? Discouraging. Bringing about negativity. Only you can decide which way you want to go. But when it comes down to it, like that clip just said, what if 7 billion people came together? Imagine the difference. Well, okay, the reality of it is 7 billion people aren't going to come together because we live in a country divided, first off. But then let's take, The national level, okay, we can't do that. What about the local level? What about the grassroots? What about the neighborhood? What about the community? What about the youth sports league that we're in? What about the churches that we go to? What about the civic communities that we're a part of? doesn't matter. That one moment in time that you impact that one person in time could make all the difference in the world and set some sort of reaction moving forward that has a positive impact on everybody. Now, we don't know if that's going to happen, but wouldn't we want to try? Wouldn't we want to plant those seeds so that the growth and what comes out of our actions are positive? If we want to be the change that we want to see, we have to act. We can't just sit idly by And just let everybody else do it because we won't be able to affect the change that we want to see. 
We need to do it. We need to be the Johnny Appleseeds throwing seeds of positivity everywhere. So that way we get that growth coming up. Because there's a lot of times when someone plants something, weeds and other things will kill it. So we need to be planting things all over the place, the seeds of positivity, so that they spring up. There's nothing more contagious than positivity, enthusiasm, excitement. That's why a lot of the successful coaches have this bigger-than-life persona. That's why a lot of times inspirational speakers have this bigger-than-life persona. It's contagious. And that's what we need to do. We need to be so contagious that people want something. They want a piece of us so that they can emulate it and go out and be a positive impact in the world. This is Two Steps Ahead Podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. Thanks for being with us on this episode. We truly appreciate it. You can find us on Instagram. There's two spots. There's the show spot, TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast. And then there's my personal uh, Instagram at Edom Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S. If you go to the show page, you'll see show-related stuff. If you go to my personal page, you'll see a little bit more about me. The best place to go for all things Two Steps Ahead and a lot of good things entertainment-wise is RadioWarp.com. It's radio, then W-A-R-P, one word, RadioWarp.com. You can find the show there. You can find other podcasts there as well. Plus, there's other... uh, There's like a live player. If you hit the listen live button in the top right-hand corner, then the media player comes up and it plays uh, music from uh, ranging from the 80s to pop music. There's a couple shows on there, like the World Chart Show playing the top songs from around the world and totally 80s, some other things. The beat goes on. And then also there's a swag shop. If you want some cool merchandise for two steps ahead, want to support the show, that would be awesome. Just click there. All kinds of sizes, all kinds of designs. Uh, long sleeve, short sleeve, summer, winter, some cool stuff there. So it's uh, radiowarp.com and then click the swag shop. And then you can also find different places to listen to the show. We're on Spotify, we're on SoundCloud, we're on YouTube. But if you go to uh, radiowarp.com, you can find and navigate your way to anything. And then also if you want to download the, the app and take us with you on the go, Android, Apple, iPhone, you can just go to your app store and download Radio Warp app. APP, Radio Warp app, and take us with you on the go. We truly appreciate your support. We'd appreciate it if you would uh, tell a friend, let other people know about it. Maybe that way the word gets out there and it grows. And um, you can also Instagram, on Instagram, you can DM me, direct message me if you want any comments or if you need someone to talk to or you just are reaching out for help or whatever the case may be, you can find me there. Just don't hesitate to uh, direct message me there on Instagram. Uh, two Steps Ahead, TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. We are Two Steps Ahead Podcast, and we'll see you next time. Be kind, thanks for listening, and do tell a friend.